Raymond, so it is official. Deshaun Watson has formally requested a trade from Houston. Uh, you know, this apparently, this this was put in several weeks ago, but now it, all the news is completely coming up. So I ask you, Raymond, if you're Jimmy G, what is your reaction to this news? What are you doing? I think I'm spitting out whatever liquid is in my mouth if I happen to be drinking anything. I think I'm going to be looking at my contract to confirm <laughs> that the no trade clause is in there and that I have some leverage in the deal. I'm getting my agent to inject me with steroids immediately to build at least 15 pounds of muscle um, and specifically in my legs to give me some mobility, um, some some better mobility. I'm doing all those things, you know, like in uh, in uh, uh, Looney Tunes when Roadrunner would drink the Acme muscle enhancing pills so that he could run as fast as Roadrunner. That's what Jimmy G is going to be doing right there as, as he's watching Adam Schefter on TV reporting that this Watson trade has already been in motion for several weeks. And, and, and meanwhile, while also you forgot he is lifting uh, a barbell the whole time, lifting <laughs> yeah. a barbell with this one free arm. <laughs> oh man, Raymond. All right. So why don't you let the people know where can they find the gold cast? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube, all under the same monitor of the Goldcast. In fact, everywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found. But those are the big ones that most of you guys are on. And if you are on the YouTube, make sure to hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified. When our episodes go on the line, baby, as we say, there's online and then there's on the line. We are on the line. So make sure that you leave a comment if you're on the YouTube side of things, because that does feed into the algorithm of that platform. And that's how that works. And if you like us, great. Uh, leave some leave some reviews. Let us know. Give us some good feedback uh, because we certainly appreciate it and would love to climb the boards to um, just keep doing what we're doing and make great content for you guys because we are Bay Area sports enthusiasts. So let's hear from you let's go i like it i like it all right today uh we are basically going to be focusing on deshaun watson and jimmy g probably the one guy no one's talking about in this entire deal everyone's so quick to ship him off no one's talking about our boy jimmy g we're going to talk about him and then of course Warriors win two in a row and then get run off the court today against the Suns, 114-93, to 93, just a brutal loss. We're going to talk about them as well. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop. You're Professor of Fanalism. I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! All right, Ray. Here we go. It is time. Deshaun Watson has requested a trade and it is out. It is full. I mean, we this is the like I already said, this is the worst kept secret in the NFL. We've all known about this 
for weeks, but it's been made official. It's become pub public knowledge. And of course, 49ers Twitter, 49ers Instagram instantly went crazy with this. I mean, you know, I was thinking about this. Candlestick Will talk, talked about this a couple months ago about how if you lose us a Super Bowl, <laughs> you're like out. <laughs> you're out. We don't care how good you are. You're out. Uh, I don't agree necessarily, but the one person I've been thinking about in all of this, Raymond, is Jimmy G. Like, I mean, he's got to be tripping out, right? Like, I mean, obviously we have, he hasn't, to my knowledge, he, I haven't read anything that he's made any statements about it. He did talk about how, he did talk about this several weeks ago. The one thing he did address is that he did say that he, that things can change very quickly in the NFL and he understands that. And uh, that right now, you know, he, you know, he feels secure in his, in his place with the 49ers and they told him that, but that, you know, things can change in an instant. You know, I mean, he was supposed to be the heir to Tom Brady in, with New England. And then before you knew it, he was out. And before you knew it, he was in San Francisco playing in a Super Bowl for them, for us. So, you know, things can change on a dime. And that's pretty much all he said. But I feel like, I mean, he's, he's got to hear all this. He sees it. It's like every week, any quarterback, any quarterback who is, who is uh, potentially not happy with their team is is all of a sudden in trade talks to San Francisco. Whether or not it's actually really happening, I think half the time this is just their agents drumming up business and just making noise to uh, raise the value of their clients. That's honestly, I think, what's happening more than anything. But, uh, I mean, right? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Jimmy G's perspective on this? This has got to be bugging the crap out of him, right? Well, I mean, Jimmy G's kind of a quiet guy. He's not a spotlight guy. He's not a social media guy. He's just not that. He's, he's very similar to Joe Montana in that regard because Joe Montana was a very, you know, introverted, anti-spotlight kind of guy, you know, kind of. Now, Jimmy's not rude to fans. Joe Montana, there's actually rumors of him just kind of he's he, he gets irritated with his stardom, whereas Jimmy's not necessarily irritated with it, but he definitely doesn't like go out of his way to embrace it. And I think if he was in an, a formal interview and they were asking him about all this stuff, which I'm sure they're sending him emails trying to get comments because that's what reporters are supposed to do. But at the same time, Jimmy just does a good job of ignoring it all. But I think if he was in an interview, he would just say, you know, like, that's the nature of the game. I'm just focusing on, you know, I'm a San Francisco 49ers. I, I'm, I'm the quarterback here. I'm just focusing on, you know, getting my body ready for the upcoming season. Yeah, you know, all of the PR typical comments that's what he would say as to what he's feeling inside really deep down i don't know i think i think one thing's for sure and this was alluded to in his you know end of the season press conference he's definitely feeling the pressure of criticism around him in regards to his durability because the the one thing he did say is he said the first order of business in the offseason is working on his durability he knows that he has a little bit of a fragile body that tends to get taken out of either most or all of a season every other year. And if you want to sustain yourself in the NFL, if you don't want to, you know, be another not for long guy, then you've got to be able to last health wise. And he knows that that's a big focus. So I think he's feeling that pressure. That pressure, I think, is that is bigger than the, than the Deshaun Watson one because he has to have some inkling knowing that, like, okay, he has no trade clause, so he kind of has a say. You know, he, if they come to him and say, hey, we're thinking about trading you because we need Deshaun Watson, we can't have both of you on the roster at the same time, 
but we also want to make sure that, you know, like then Jimmy would say, like, I don't want to just go anywhere. I don't want to go to rebuildings Texans. You know, they've got David Cully, who I didn't even hear his name until he got hired by Houston as a viable candidate. I mean, that's how how uninteresting this guy was to the rest of the league. Um, He's a position. He was a wide receivers position coach for the Ravens. I don't know last time you saw the Ravens. Not exactly that they're lighting up the scoreboard with a high-flying pass offense. And the last time we hired a head coach, I believe it was Jim Tom Sula from position coach to head coach. And we all know how that went. That was a guaranteed one and done from the very beginning. Everyone knew it except for Jim Tom Sula, but he still made out like a rich bandit because you got to get paid. Those are contracts. And so good for him. And he's back in the NFL, back where he belongs as a defensive line coach anyways. And he's a millionaire on top of that. So good for him. But at the same time, I think, uh, you know, Jimmy doesn't want to go there. That's why I think along with all the other, you know, speculative reports, all the hypotheticals all have the 49ers either involving one or more teams in order to get the trade done. Because Jimmy has Jimmy's going somewhere other than the Houston Texans. But the Houston Texans, what they're getting is first-round picks so that they can get a quarterback because they obviously need one at this point. You know, again, hypothetically, if they were to trade Watson. But to me, that's what he's thinking. I think he's thinking focus on your body because that's the main thing that's going to get you. The only reason why they would even consider that is because you're not healthy enough to stay on the field. It has nothing to do with your talent. It has everything to do with your health. If he's been healthy and they just came up short in the playoffs, this would not be that big of a deal. But the health is a big factor. Sean Watson's been healthy. In fact, he's been to multiple Pro Bowls. This guy lit up the league and led the league in multiple categories on a 4-12 and team. You know, there's a big difference. You're talking about the number two. And this was said by, uh, I forget who else said this too, but I read it somewhere else. But um, he is uh, is widely considered to be the second best quarterback in all of football, which is why I put him on my list. It's Mahomes one. You always got to give the champ number one. If he's deserving, not every quarterback who's won a Super Bowl is deserving of being crowned the the best quarterback in the league, you know, i.e. Trent Dilfer's of the world and, uh, Brad Johnson of Tampa Bay back in the day. But, uh, but I think Mahomes is the bona fide number one and Deshaun Watson is definitely number two by, by a mile. I don't even know who the number three is like a three-way tie between all the old, old quarterbacks, the old guard, maybe. And, and Josh Allen's starting to creep up there too. I'd say Josh Allen's top five, maybe not top three yet, but I mean, he just lost an AFC championship game. So he's obviously really close, but anyways, that I digress. That is the, uh, you know, if you want to learn more about the Bills and what Josh Allen's doing in the offseason <laughs> as he recovers from the AFC championship loss, you've got to go to the uh, get drunk and jump on top of a table um, cast. Cast. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to go to the Tatanka cast, which is uh, Native American tongue for buffalo. Uh, there's, what are the other casts that you listen to? Well, there's the el- elbow drop table cast. Ah, yes. There's the Macho Cast, which is actually a, a, a cast about Macho Man and the Buffalo Bills put together. It only has three subs, but again, friends of the show. <laughs> yes, really good friends of the show. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think his, his primary focus has got to be his health more than anything. I mean, that's really the that's the one issue everyone has with Jimmy G. And there, unfortunately, we haven't seen enough of him to really – really determine if if uh you know where he really is is he is he 
is he a quarterback that's capable of evolving like Steve Young and becoming one of the best in the league, or is he going to de-evolve like Jared Goff and become a nothing? But, you know, you know? You know what's the irony, though? The irony of what you just said is, you know, Steve Young had to evolve into an elite pocket passer, which he did. Jimmy G has to evolve into a more balanced pocket passer slash scrambler because the lack of scrambling is what's got him into this into these injuries. Although with the exception of the week three in 2018, when he did scramble and tried to make a cut instead of going out of bounds, which cost him his ACL against Kansas City, no less. But yeah, but I mean, uh, the other injury, the ankle injury, that's just getting rolled up on because he was in the pocket. And, you know, like, again, that's part of that is pocket awareness, too. It doesn't mean you have to scramble for 10 yards, but it does mean you perhaps have to move. You've got to move in the pocket, either stepping up to the pocket, stepping out of the pocket. Just get out of harm's way and then make that throw. Don't sit there and just lean on your offensive because our offensive line has played like garbage the last couple of years or not last year. But I mean, this this past season, they played like they played horrible and we just didn't have the health there either. We had a brand new left tackle in Trent Williams. He was mostly good, but our center was rotating in and out. We didn't have the center all year. And then the backup center got injured. And so, you know, guys had to be moved around from positions they didn't normally play, playing swing tackle uh, as when they normally don't. So that played a huge contribution into like how many sacks we were giving up. Just the pass protection was horrible. But again, if, if the pass protection is bad, you've got to be of the mindset that you've got to do more than just sit in the pocket. Colin Kaepernick was a little bit on the extreme side of that, where if the offensive line was going to break down on him, then he would just take off automatically. Uh, one read, nope, pocket collapses, bam, I'm, a, I'm out of that pocket. I'm going to scramble. That was his... It, it was good. It was a double-edged sword. It was good at times, and then it, it was horrible at times because we needed him to throw the ball more often than run. And you can't play the game like Lamar Jackson and you know expect to go deep into the playoffs, which they did not. Um, well, well, they got past one round, but I mean, he's he's one and two is his record, and so clearly that style it doesn't work. It, it is not work. It's not long sustaining. You've got to learn how to pass better if you want to get better in this league it can't just be one or the other in jimmy's case the league has evolved where the league now embraces and encourages mobile quarterbacks to more so than ever before remember steve young was the prototype of all of these guys there were guys before him like randall cunningham and um uh what's his name uh the the raiders quarterback uh, he was a good scrambler too but i mean like th these guys um uh that wasn't the norm. Now it is the norm. And now Jimmy's kind of an outlier where the, his style of quarterbacking, the Tom Brady's of the world, that style is now outdated. So Jimmy's got to evolve somehow and he's got to adapt. And one of those things involves putting, you got to put on some muscle. You got to do something to toughen up. That's the only thing I can think of is you got to gain muscle. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to do that. But I mean, I, but again, going back to what you're saying, it's kind of it's ironic that, you know, in in uh, in uh, where we're at now with the evolution of the league at the quarterback position, because in Jimmy G's case, he's got to do the opposite of what Steve Young did. Yeah, he's got to move more like Steve Young <laughs> and be less less of a pocket passer. It's just funny how how things evolve and how the game constantly is changing and moving in different directions. That's why it's the best sport in the world. All right, Raymond. So Warriors did a pretty good job. They swept the Timberwolves. First game was 130 to 108. It was just a royal ass whooping. Second game was a little bit closer. Warriors still come out on top, 123, 111. 
and then that back-to-back comes to haunt us. Uh, in Phoenix, we get, uh, I believe this, the, ter- the technical term for this is a royal ass-whooping, 114 to 93 in favor of the Suns. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Warriors. Once again, uh, two, on, two up, two down. That's kind of been the, the, the name of the game for these guys all year. Yeah, I mean, or well, in this case, it's they've just lost one. So if they can win the next game, then they can kind of avoid that, that dreaded pattern. But so far, it's always win a couple, lose one, win one, lose one. It's win two, lose two, win one, lose one. It kind of goes back and forth between that pattern. So I'd love to see them win the last three out of four. That would be nice. But it, but to be fair, they did have to play a back-to-back. So they, they, they beat the Timberwolves last night. Then they had to travel to Phoenix tonight to play. And they just look sluggish, which is just – it's just the nature of – NBA is not meant to be played back-to-back. It's too intense of a sport. Uh, the, the cardiovascular demand of basketball is just not really – it's not designed to, to be played optimally when you have to play back to backs, that's why in the playoffs they play every other every other night because it's just not it's not the way that you should be playing basketball. And I realize that the regular season they obviously make concessions with that, and most of the games are split up. But the Warriors have done a couple back to backs this season already, and each time they always lose the second game. Um, and this is not just a Warriors phenomenon; this is a league wide phenomenon because it's just not again. It's like it's very akin to the Thursday night game in the NFL. You can't play a game like the NFL on a half a week turnaround time, just like you can't play uh, an NBA game after you know after playing NBA NBA basketball the night before. It just doesn't work. The, the, I mean, they obviously can play. They obviously finish the game. Nobody nobody got injured or died. You know, it's not nothing extreme like that. But the point is that like they didn't look the way that they played against the Timberwolves fast, defensive, on the glass, uh, accurate with shooting, um, great defensive effort. Everyone, most of the starters playing excellent two-way basketball. Uh, You didn't see any of that. Uh, In this game, from the little I saw, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but from what little I saw, they were just absolutely slugs out there. It just looked like they look like uh, the Warriors did, you know, in the first two games. You know, they kind of got. Yeah, they look tired. They're just tired. They look tired. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. But but going back to the Timberwolves game, those were fantastic contests. I mean, everyone played great. Wiggins, this has turned out to be such a good trade. You know, D'Angelo Russell was always going to be a future trade piece. And it has been, it has worked out wonderfully so far this season. Again, this guy was fantastic. He scored 22 points. In the first game, 23 or 19 points. I'm sorry. He scored, uh, yeah, 23 points in the first game, 19 points in the second game. He was fantastic. He was great on the defense. What I love about Wiggins is if you look at the tape, he actually gets beat quite a bit. But where he makes his money defensively is on his catch-up speed to recover whoever he was guarding that got past him. A lot of his blocks are coming from catching up from players from the behind, which is fantastic. And that's really hard to do which is a testament to his speed. He's sneaky fast. And, and again, uh, the, the adjustment to move Kavon Looney to center, I think that just paid great dividends for the Warriors' defensive efforts in the first quarter and overall in the first half. I think it's great. It's, I think it's the way that they should go. And then as, as, um, as Wiseman develops, you can move him back into the lineup. I, from what I understand, they're going to be going back and forth between him and Looney. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And again, 
Uh, Wiseman, what more can I say about this kid? Uh, he 25 points in the second game, including three for three from downtown in game two. Um, this kid is just amazing. He scored 13 points in the previous game, so he's 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 getting double digits every single game, just about. Um, I think his last bad game was against the Lakers when they were in foul trouble, and they still won that game. So uh, again, nothing but just excitement uh, around this player. This is this is going to be pretty amazing once Clay gets back, because when you have the Splash Brothers Black back together on the same court with a James Wiseman in the center, and you have a Draymond Green at defender and whoever else in that in that other spot. I mean, this is going to be, or oh, I'm sorry, that's yeah, this is going to be an elite starting lineup, no doubt about it. It is. I really look forward to it. And even though you know it's up and down, they're still a really fun team to watch. Really, really fun. So they are. Uh, Ubre Jr. has been playing fantastic too. I forgot to mention him. He's finally woken up. The three balls going down much better than it as it should. Much more, uh, much more reminiscent of his actual shooting percentage from downtown. And he's again. This is another player that's terrific on both ends of the floor. He plays good defense, and he's he's aggressive on defense. He likes defense. He's good. He understands. There's just so many good defenders on this club right now that I, I, it's really fun to watch. Just because before it was they would blow out opponents, and but they'd play they'd still play pretty good defense, above average defense. But they also had an, the most explosive offense in the entire association. This time they don't really have that, but they they have enough guys there to be an elite defense, and that's pretty exciting because that that's absolutely what they need to lean in on if they want to make a run for, you know, bottom seed playoff position. Yeah, and so, as we've said many times to the entire Goldcast Nation, if you're not watching the Warriors, watch the Warriors. Click click in, tune in. It's great. It's great, great team, scrappy, young, fun little team to watch. Definitely not our dynasty Warriors, uh, and I know it's a lot funner when we're in the middle of a dynasty, but still a really exciting team to watch. All right, so what say you, Goldcast Empire? What do you think is J Jimmy G's focus be this offseason? We think it's health. I think that's pretty much a guaranteed one. And also, how do you feel about the Warriors? Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the Goldcast and let us know what you think about this. Should we make the trade for Jimmy G? Should we do this three-way trade with New England, Houston, and San Francisco? Let us know your thoughts. I, you know, I, I think this is pretty unrealistic, but you never know. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.